Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. Uh, this week we are going to be discussing edginess. Ooh. No, not edging. Edginess. No. <laughs> different topic, different show. Maybe for Murder of Grey. I don't know. That'd be weird. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be discussing the edginess of games and just how much they've changed over the years. It feels like we're going through kind of a soft period in gaming, because when you look back at it, like back whenever things were first coming out, we had a crazy rock star attitude when it came to video games. We had, you know, John Romero who's buying Lamborghinis and crap and blowing a bunch of money. We had studios that were going under just as they were starting up just because they're, you know, maybe buying a little too much blow <laughs> and all that other stuff. <laughs> it, it was a weird time frame. And like to match that, the games that were coming out also had a different type of attitude to them. Uh, but now when we look, there's a lot of rinse and repeat. There's a lot of just simple concepts, something very inviting for the masses, which I get, right? But it almost feels as if now that companies know that games are a huge money-making machine, then everybody's doing it, uh, being able to make, or anybody can make a video game nowadays. So it's just, it, is it losing the edge that it once had? Or are there some games out there that are showing us just how edgy games can actually be? And they're really pushing the envelope more and more each day. Uh, so we're going to be discussing that quite a bit, actually, uh, going over some different ideas, what we think about it and all that. But it's going to be a fun ride nonetheless. So let's just jump right into this idea here. So when looking at games from the past, right, looking at things like Doom and all that, like with the, the crazy hyper violence and just what it did to society in general. Right. Like it made us question things. It made us bring up the idea of an ESRB rating, which we've discussed before in a previous episode. But like Congress and the government got involved in game development to say who can play what kind of games is like when we're looking at what's coming out now. It doesn't feel like anything is really pushing the envelope that far. Right. And I'm I'm just kind of curious to like a quick little like, what's your instant like gut reaction when it comes to the idea of games losing their edge? If they are, or can you make the argument that they haven't? We've just become maybe desensitized to games in general. Like, it's not new anymore. It's kind of expected. I mean, when you look back at how society and life was back in the 90s to now it is kind of interesting how people really thought some things were extreme or some things were like you know hard af mm -hmm. and nowadays you look at it and you're like hmm especially when it comes to games too it i don't know about how you feel about it but i feel like when you look back at like the the attitude era right like sonic tapping his foot or 
or BMX XXX. BMX Outlaw XXX. <laughs> you know, like those kind of games. Like it. The fact that that game got funny. made is ridiculous. I'm sorry. An unlockable Dude. character in BMX XXX is the 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 uh, is Jim Carrey as the Slim Jim guy. <laughs> oh my god! Just, just I remember that now. And then there was the yeah. backyard wrestling that had a juggalo in there and like some other oh, people. I, I played the hell out of backyard wrestling. I loved that game. That was so dumb. And it came at a weird time too, whenever I was actually doing backyard wrestling with my friends. Like we were so into WWE, which was WWF back then. Oh yeah. There but goes it, the like, neighborhood. Yeah, that stuff was so good. The, the, those games were ridiculous. It made us want to go and get like a table and smash each other through them in the backyard, <laughs> which is really stupid. <laughs> but no, games do not promote violence. <laughs> they promote fun. No. <laughs> Dude, the track list, the set list to this, I'm like still in awe about this. It's it's a good one. I You know, it's weird that, you know, I forgot about that. That time period, the aggressive time period where everything was extreme and just kind of turned up a little bit. It, but it wasn't just in gaming. It was in advertisements, too. That was very mm. early 90s kind of vibe. And I think by the time it hit video games, it was already kind of dying out a little bit, in my opinion. Right. But that was when like, Jackass was coming out and it was still like new on TV. So everyone was just doing really stupid things. And it felt like games felt like they had to keep up with that. So, yeah, you had, you know, Sonic giving you attitude on there or <laughs> with the Game Boy Advance SP, right? Mario gets a tattoo. How many people know about that? <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite images ever. Mario gets a tribal tattoo to match the tribal stickers that got put on the Game Boy Advance SP. It's so funny and ridiculous, but yeah. It's like Mike Tyson style. It's like, yeah, it's not even it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so bad they even gave him a sleeveless shirt to show it off he might he might as well have a tattoo that says mom on it or peach <laughs> like it's that bad and that stereotypical it looks like mario went on a cruise and then came back with that he might as well have braids with like a puka shell necklace and all that too <laughs> the game boy sp looks kind of dope though it does. I wanted that SP real bad when I was a kid. Like, I got mine as the basic silver, and then I saw a kid with the silver, but it had the tribal tattoos on it. I was like, oh, damn. I'm jealous. <laughs> I want that. But then you get other people like Crash Bandicoot coming back, and uh, they revamped him also with tribal tattoos. I don't know why tribal tattoos oh keep getting like culturally appropriated by video games. Oh, it was that. culturally appropriate by everything, really, when you think back to it. That's true. I had a boss that got one, too. He And it, I wish that this story wasn't true. But yeah, he went on a cruise to Hawaii and came back with a turtle tribal tattoo. <laughs> like, OK, man. He's like, I, I found myself out there. Like, yeah, you sure did. <laughs> you also found a tattoo artist that was willing to take your money. So <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like people will get those just for the hell of it because they were like exotic, you know, like mm -hmm. and it's interesting how at one point it felt like you really saw those everywhere. It's like if people didn't have tribal tattoos were there and then you got the 
awful Ed Hardy and like oh, Sailor Jerry God. tattoos like right after that. Like that era of tattoo work was just like Well, it was tribal, ass. it was barbed wire, and then it mm-hmm. was Ed Hardy Tramp stamps. nastiness. Yeah. And then the Ed Hardy clothing and all that. Ugh. Oh. So I don't shit. ever want to remember that clothing. No. I remember high school, everyone, all those, the cool kids wore that clothing. All those bedazzled trucker hats that were supposed yeah. to be so manly. I'm like, you're wearing glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over this image of freaking Crash. And it's like. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. He lo- it's not the tattoo that bothers me. It's the way he looks. Like, they massacred him. He. Yeah. he he has no chin. He's got nothing. It's just head into chest. <laughs> and the hey. tattoo is just so like like drag and drop onto him. I'm like, dude. Yeah, it's supposed it, to be like the pattern of his fur, <clears throat> like the color change, but they just literally dragged the image on there and just lowered the opacity. That there is no like meshing it in with the fur at all. It's pretty bad. And they gave him frosted tips. It's just ridiculous. It looks like going a, back oh my to God, our, what was that uh, Disney movie? A Xenon, right? <laughs> the oh gosh, I can't remember. Someone Xenon? out there was no. It's a space Disney movie with like a. I think Flea was in it from Red Hot Chili Peppers as the what? guitarist. I don't remember what the hell it was called. It looks really bad, but he had the Zoe like, One Hundred One. No, it's like Xenon or something. Oh, Xenon. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like X-E-O-N or something. I don't remember. Girl of the 21st century. Yep, that's the one. Oh, God. I remember this, too. Yeah. That was the time when Frosted Tips and Liberty Spikes were in. I remember doing Liberty Spikes, spending like 40 minutes every morning before middle school to do that. That was so cool. I never got that point. That was so cool. It looks so bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this this image of Crash is how I imagine from our previous episode Collision Band-Aid would look. <laughs> yeah, this is Collision Band-Aid. <laughs> it's just a derpy crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy's instead of kicking the boxes, he's just laying on them. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't actually do any through. of the work. He yeah. does nothing. He pulls a Huck fan and gets someone else to do it. You press the joystick to make him move, and he goes, man, really, today? (laughs) He's like, I'm not really feeling it. not that hungry. (laughs) And seriously, He sits there talking about listening to freaking insane clown posse, (laughs) and, you know. I think the worst part about his design is that he's wearing jean shorts. That oh, was right. so in back then. Ugh. Jean shorts are not. No, don't wear them, please. Well, okay. We're jean shorts, right? Like the ones above the knee that are kind of slim. Those are all if, right. It, right? Like, slim, but baggy jean shorts? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's like they basically almost become like capris, mm-hmm. you know, because yep. they go down to like right above your ankle, but like not touching the ground and they're billowing like yeah. I have nothing against trip pants and parachute pants, right? Like Jinko jeans. I don't mind those. They're those can be rad, but when they're shorts, that just looks weird. Especially if you're like skinny. Yeah. Like 
you, it, your legs look so tiny. It looks like a tent. It, it, I, there's, yeah, you. There's one time I wore jean shorts, and it was because I had to buy them. I had to get some shorts for work when I was working construction, and I wanted something mm-hmm. that I didn't care about, and it was the only thing that I could find real quick at like Goodwill or something. And yeah. the one time I ever wore jean shorts that were like the billowing kind, like the big, like annoying, gross ones, I dropped yeah. a bathtub on my hand. So that was uh, the universe telling me never wear jean shorts again. Oh, man. <laughs> Some nice jorts. Yeah, I had to get 38 stitches across my hand because of those jean shorts. Jesus. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But anyway, back to games. <laughs> Tangent aside. Extreme games have games lost their edge. I don't know. That's the thing. Like that, it really kind of the idea of edge in games. I think is uh, it's an interesting concept in its own because, like, how far does a game have to push it nowadays to say, "Oh yeah, that's edgy." You know, like when you look at something like Blasphemous, (laughs) like Blasphemous is a really interesting game and it's pushing the envelope for sure, but it's not. It doesn't have that same reaction to whenever I first saw Doom or some of those mm-hmm. other like really hyper violent games of the past, like the game Mad World. When that first came out, that was like one of the first hyper violent games on Nintendo. And that blew my mind because I was like, this is Nintendo. Oh, my gosh. Look at all the blood because it was black and white. The gore was bright red. And you basically walked around with a chainsaw and just beat the hell out of people. And it was interesting. But like, I'm wondering or there's another game. um, wet in that game where it was uh it was about it was like a the grindhouse films so it was, oh, yeah, it was it, all yeah. the hot chick on the front yeah we had like katana and a gun basically just sliced people up and shot them and all that it was a cool yeah. little game but we don't really I, I i don't feel like if that game came out today i don't think i would have the same reaction that i did to it back then like it wasn't like now looking at it it doesn't feel that out of place or that like edgy and kind of violent or whatever it may be to classify edge so is it are we desensitized to this is there just not possible anymore i think they just don't seem hard anymore like that era right especially like the 360 ps3 era when they were like it was kind of the end like I feel like the whole edginess obviously went through the 90s to like maybe 2008, mm-hmm. seven. But like, I think about those kind of action games from that era and how they always tried to be a little edgy, you know, like, like you were saying with Wet. I know recently Wanted Dead was supposed to be kind of a call back to that era and had that same style of like gun and sword. And didn't it it did well for the people that are into that kind of stuff but for outside people they were like oh this is kind of cringy because it's trying to be edgy right but you know for me a game that i think is was very edgy i'm trying to think i feel like i played this game when i was younger i just need to see the release date because i'm like when did i play this game 2003 oh yeah so there was a really edgy game I played in high school and I thought I was cool for playing this game because no one else I knew really knew this game. I'm so excited um, to hear the title of this game now. Postal 2. Oh, gosh. 
I love that you could just piss on anybody. I love that you could stick a cat on tip of your gun and just freaking shoot. Oh, God. This has a 10 out of 10 on Steam still. What the hell? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 game. Well, they recently (laughs) re like brought it back and stuff. But yeah, it's got overwhelmingly positive because it's so edgy. I mean, when I think of an edgy game, I think even though this game is cringe, like nowadays a person, this game would be canceled if it came out now, obviously. But Mm. back then, this game was so damn edgy because it just it, it attacked everything, right? It attacked gore. It attacked humor it attacked everything and like (laughs) it's subjective if you want to say this game is good or if it's terrible i mean looking at it now yeah the game itself is not great but it was enjoyable in the past because it was just the bat shit really like it was the main character had a goatee come on oh the dude looked like a straight smarmy like yeah and I and just, also didn't know this. Gary Coleman's in the game. He appears in the oh, game. Oh hell as a yeah! <laughs> you try to get his autograph and stuff at the mall, and then he ends up getting like a freaking assault rifle. That's hilarious. And he's just shooting people down. The game is like it. It's edgy for being edgy, and I think when I think of a game that captures that like cringy edge, this game does it so well that I feel like can't really have another game like that and i mean when they re-released it i think a few years ago no i think it was it was before COVID. i think it um surprisingly it, it caught back on for like a month where people were like oh this is cool and then uh oh yeah because they re-released uh they made dlc for it like 15 years later that's ridiculous but um people still people expect that from that game though right like nowadays if a new game comes out with edge it's kind of looked at as weird um mm. i know postal 4 came out recently and people didn't them? well there was no three it was mm. supposed to be like a joke but still like it yeah That's i mean how edgy it is it skips three <laughs> it, it came out last year and people were just like um eh. they they went so over the top with two that you know, people, how much more over the top can you get without yeah. being like ridiculous? And this is kind of leading into where I'm going to go with what would be cringy now, because I feel like it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, edginess nowadays, especially if you're sitting on social media a lot and you kind of see what people say to be edgy. It's usually what can we do to piss off this demographic of people, right? Right. It's it's and always like targeted. Exactly, like edginess before, and I'm not talking about like the more like attitude edgy. I'm talking more like say like the postal kind of edgy, where it's like a full frontal, like let's attack everybody, mm-hmm. like let's make it equal. Let's be edgy and just out there. Right. Does that still hold up? Probably not because people want to be able to pinpoint, hey, this game 
speaks my views like it's it's attacking this other one this is great and obviously the other side is not going to take too kind to it so if you have a game that attacks both sides and i'm mostly getting a political side because this is easy the easiest way to break this down mm-hmm. the edginess comes from that or comes from looking at what's trending and how can we attack that demographic or that that group and this goes left right wherever you go you know people try to do this stuff and to me that's really the last of the edginess that's still around because if you go through say the hyper violent games like when you look at like the manhunt series or even almost 10 years ago hatred came out and i remember when that game came out people were losing their mind because the dude is like I'm sick of humanity being leeches off this earth and I'm just going to kill them all. And I was like, I was like, Oh shit, this is kind of, I was like, this is kind of cool, but in such a terrible way. And then you look at it and you're like, Oh God, this is like, it's a very like 12 monkeys kind of attitude. If you're familiar with that movie. Yeah. Like this, when I look at hatred, I'm like, this would be like the edgy kind of game that like it, a 12 year old would play that's like fed up with their school kind of thing. But you know, it's when you look back at that, it's like, is it edgy for the sake of being edgy or were the developers trying to push a point? And that's another thing too, is that a lot of times older games, the edge was just the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't going out there to push buttons. Whereas, you know, I look back you know, there was that era of the early 2000s where, like we were saying, the extreme was big, right? Extreme sports, like snowboarding, skateboarding, all of that was big. That was the kind of edgy kind of attitude, you know, your frosted tips, all of that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm watching MTV all day because it's got my reality shows kind of Listening to some 41 and all that. Hell yeah, <laughs> some 41. Yeah. Um, and it's like... It's interesting when you look at those, that idea of attitude and edge and compare it to now, because I feel like nowadays it's not as lighthearted underneath, Mm. you know, I don't, I'm, I feel like I was maybe too young to really think back to those early 2000s and be like, was it all light hunter lighthearted fun under all of that like attitude and well, well it's kind of it's a weird time now because of how much information gets out there right like when mm-hmm. you look at these studios that made these games in at that time we could say oh it's just lighthearted fun all this and that but then there's so many controversies now coming out from a lot of these different studios with like sexual harassment and things like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, maybe it really wasn't lighthearted fun and we should have been paying attention to this, right? Because they, they speak it in the games. Like if you look at even like Duke Nukem and all that, like there's a yeah. lot of sexism and a lot of just harassment and just being in just kind of ridiculousness in that sense. So like they were putting it out there for us to see this whole time, but we just kind of chalked it up to it being a video game when we didn't know what was going on beneath the surface. So I'm wondering if like games are trying to lighten up a little bit because of how much is being like how much attention is being made or paid to the actual inner workings of their studios. 
as well. It's not just the game now that's being reviewed and looked at. It's them and their behavior and all that. Like everything's under a microscope now. Like a game could be great, but if it's made by a total douche that nobody like likes, then it's not going to do well because everyone, you know, attacks that one person specifically. But I don't know. It's it's an interesting idea. And actually, like looking back to I there's a game I forgot about and I just I just remembered it right now that to me I would say is totally an edgy game. And it's I don't I, I'd say it still is rather interesting as far as the mechanics go. I would still classify it as potentially like edgy with the way the combat works. I don't think there's it's problematic, but I just don't really remember the game that much. But do you remember Prototype? Oh, yeah, I, I, I remember the second game. Yeah, Prototype was rad. I mean, it had like there are some really interesting ideas with it, but there's one specific thing that you can do in that game where you can pick people up, like basically start dragging them by the back of their collar or their neck to, you know, based on the animations it doesn't look that great now but the like you can run around with them and they're like ragdolling and you're traversing through buildings and i forgot how smooth the traversing was like now that i'm looking back at some footage of it it's really Mm -hmm. cool it's like spider-man level moving around the world for such an older game but one of the things you can do is you can grab people and then consume them so you become them right like you like but when you do that you get bits and pieces of their memories as well. So like it does like a like a Requiem for a Dream style, like quick montage thing where you're seeing quick flashes of their lives. And maybe they did something during the military that was a little messed up, right? Like there's a lot to this game that's actually rather interesting to look at. And, you know, for it being as old as it is, I still would consider like out of all the games that we talked about, like looking at them, it's like, yeah, okay, that's just kind of ridiculous or goofy or is what it is. This one, I feel can still hold that that candle of being uh, an edgy game, something different and out there that I haven't really seen too much of. Actually, I I, I like this gameplay style that you just don't really see that much unless you're looking at like a Spider-Man game or a Marvel style game nowadays. Yeah, to me, it it really felt like kind of like Crackdown in a sense. But when you mix it with like, say, uh, oh, Saints Row the Fourth kind of had that superpower. Like, I feel like yeah, that's the closest uh, we've ever really gotten to that kind of game since. But the but, Saints Row games were made to be goofy, right? Yeah. So th- this True. was taking a serious, con- like, a, it was taking itself seriously this whole time and putting that kind of craziness into it. It's actually rather interesting. Now there's a franchise that I wanted to ask you about. And uh, cause I remember the controversy of even being able to play it. I know a lot of parents didn't want their kids to have it. My mom ended up buying it for me cause I asked for it, but uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? Like Grand Theft yeah. Auto used to be this crazy game where even owning the game itself or like looking at the artwork of the girl on the front, like especially for Vice City, the parents did not want their kids playing this game. And it was is an edgy game. Like you felt like you were doing something wrong when you were playing in this title. And like the violence was crazy. The fact that you can pick up hookers and stuff like that as well. Just kill everyone. Do whatever you want. Just run rampage through this the city. And now looking at it like with GTA 4 out, GTA 5, GTA 6 might be coming out soon too. Like does 
GTA still holds that that weight that other Grand Theft Autos held in the past. Right? Because I, I would say that Grand Theft Auto, like when it comes down to it, has always been on that edge. Like even when it was top down game, it was still very like, ooh, like I can't believe I get to do this. I'm like shooting down the cops and doing that, right? Like it always felt like a like a, a, a edgy game. I don't know if a better way of really putting it or describing it, another word to put there. But I'm wondering now, like, because of how much YouTube footage there is of it, how many YouTubers have made their careers off of Grand Theft Auto, and just like how how watered down does it actually feel nowadays? When you really look at it, like you're you can go up to just some random person on the street and pistol whip them real quick, right? Like that's a pretty crazy thing to do in a video game because you're not going to do that crap in real life, right? Like that's a horrible thing to do, but it when you see it it's like ah yeah whatever right it doesn't feel like it has that same weight anymore which is rather interesting yeah i i remember uh my mom was kind of against me playing it but i still played it at friends houses and uh i feel like at some point i was i just ended up playing them on the computer cuz she didn't see Obviously, there was no physical trace of it, so uh, it was easy to hide. But I remember uh, everyone in high school that you know was into games, or even just outsiders to the game industry in general, were like, "Well, this game is cool." Like it, it had that edge. Yeah, like you said, like oh, I. I can shoot down prostitutes. Oh, I can just gun down everybody. Like it just felt cool to be able to be bad. And I think we didn't have enough games like that before where you could play kind of as a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like those games existed, but they were story driven and, you were always bad. Whereas in GTA, you know, granted, it's not like killing a bunch of people put a bad, like, consequence for, like, the main story, but, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to save my game, and then I'm going to go on a four-star rampage, and, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you weren't able to do that before in games. So being able to not only massacre a city, it the excitement of trying to stay alive, the the edginess of the humor, you know, the talk shows, Laszlo and mm-hmm. all of that. And, it's you know, radio stations. <laughs> yeah. Like throughout the series, like three, three got a lot of the edginess and then Vice City, you know, added to it. And then I feel like San Andreas really, you know, living in California, I feel like was the most relatable to an extent because you know san andrea is mimicking here so i was like whoa this feels real like and you can eat a bunch of cheeseburgers to make your character fat that's funny yeah or you can have hot coffee you know just bang and stuff like it it was cool like that game was so like it it felt like what the cool kids would play Mm -hmm. and it was like you know when you're young back then they were it was hard to get a hold of those games if you didn't have a parent that was, you know, 
cool with it or oblivious. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, back then it was a lot. I would say it was a lot harder to even like say like, because you couldn't buy it digitally online, really. Mm-hmm. They weren't really digital storefronts. I mean, you could pirate them back then, but even then, like, it, it's not as easy as it is now right. when it comes to that. So you had to really know what it, you're doing. You had to be like a hacker in training to pirate this kind of stuff back then. Practically, so it was like the easiest way was just console, and you know it. Yeah, I remember the hype. I don't remember much of the news going on about it, but I remember like being around people my age at the right age demographic that would be into it. And I remember the hype Mm -hmm. and it was a much different kind of hype than what people felt about when five came out. Right. Like I remember when five came out, I feel like even though I was older at this point, I feel like the, the hunger for that edge and attitude that people felt in the first three games it it was a different craving for GTA five. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking at it nowadays, it definitely seems that way, right? People can RP people treat it like a totally different game than it really was before, which is fascinating, right? right? Like people are able to make their own servers and RP and become cops and, you know, do all kinds of crazy stuff in it, which is, fascinating that i'm back in the day when i played those games i would do that in my head i'd be like i'm gonna rp just driving to the store you know like Mm -hmm. creating my own little stories in that bigger story but i would also make my character a maniac and just you know go on wild shooting sprees but i would just stand on the billboard sometimes when i was bored and just see if i can get five stars hell yeah just unload hell you know, after those games came out, people tried to capture that kind of attitude. And I feel like the one thing Rockstar did really well was their attitude in those games. They mm-hmm. they were able to create so much content in those games that it just worked. It never felt like it was being cringy, um, mm-hmm. at least back then. You know, whereas people trying to copy that just never did it right. And it's it's interesting when you look at that era. And it's weird to think about, too, because I'm like, I'm trying to remember like a lot of games from that time. But I feel like I avoided a lot of that kind of attitude era. I feel like the furthest I really got was like, you know, like extreme sports and Mm -hmm music but i never like i was too young to get into it like you know like older people were right like people that were i think in back college then, in the era. reason like it felt so different and so much like oh the cool kids are doing it right like was back then our parents really did pay attention to the rated m for mature the t for mm-hmm. teen like there was a lot of focus on that whereas now, like we are now parents, people our age, and I noticed that a lot of younger parents are letting their kids play whatever they want because they're gamers too. So they feel like they can't say no to their kid if they're going to play this title when you can, you can totally tell them no. But like, I, I think the last time I logged into Valorant, like some guy was going off on this little 10 year old kid 
and <laughs> like saying these horrible things. And then I'm thinking like, why is a 10 year old playing this game? It's rated M for mature. But the only reason why I'm thinking about that too is because of work, right? Like I have to think about these ratings where I have kids coming up to me being like, uh, they're like eight and 10. They're like, I play Fortnite at home. I really want to play it here. Let's do esports for that. And I'm like, well, that's very T for teen. So if I do it, you can't play. And they're like, why not? I'm like, well, technically you shouldn't be playing it, right? Like it's, it's funny how that's kind of flipped for me too, because I kind of stopped thinking about that and stopped paying I mean, attention to it. You could possibly get in trouble too. Yeah, yeah. But, and just like thinking that parents nowadays, I don't feel like they really look into the rated M for mature, rated T for teen, or really look into the games that they're getting their kids because it's so easy to purchase a game now from the digital store. And in the right. digital store, you have four images to base how violent a game is, right? It doesn't really say anything in there as like, oh, this is a lot of gratuitous shooting or there's like, you can get drugs or you can take a pill and off yourself, right? Like that's not in the description for GTA, but that's in the game, right? So it's it's kind mm -hmm. of like without having to do research where I remember like my parents did research on these games. They looked it up. They were curious. Like, oh, what am I going to get my kid? And so... I, I don't know. It's a I mean, it's a different generation. And everybody parents different, right? So I can't really say much about that. But the I, I do feel that these games had a different type of edge to them, because they felt unavailable at that time. Like, it felt like something I shouldn't be doing. Whereas now mm -hmm. it, it doesn't feel like that's a thing anymore, especially with like Roblox and custom made games and all this stuff. And kids not realizing how inappropriate the content that they're playing is or right in like parents not paying attention because they think their kids just playing Roblox, but really no, they're playing some inappropriate things or like the content that they're actually singing right now is horrible. When you really think about it, like rainbow friends and Roblox. Oh my God. Like there's a, Oh, they have a whole Kim K video in there too. Yeah. Like, and that's available right now where that's why like every kid always asks, why can't we do Roblox? And like, oh, no, like there's a reason. <laughs> and like the parents always say, thank you. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, why don't you just tell them they can't play it at home? If you know, too, like, why are you allowing it? And just hoping that they don't find this stuff. Right. Like it, it feels weird. And, you know, they do. I mean, yeah. we're, we were all kids at one point. We all want to see like we found the them cool too. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Like we stumbled upon it or we hunted like crazy people to find it because <laughs> we heard about it <laughs> some by some friend at school or something. Right. Like it is a weird mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, like I, I, it's hard to say, like, I, I really do think that it's more of a desensit we're desensitized to it and we're just not paying attention as much anymore. And, you know, they're, they're it's kind of hard because, I mean, yeah, it's a video game, right? And it's not like video games are going to make you go out and do these things. No, like mm -hmm. that, that doesn't happen. It's not real. It's so it's it's tough to say, like, what's really appropriate. But I do feel that because our parents were a little bit more involved in what we were seeing or what we were able to watch or able to play that it, this felt more edgy and not the norm and cool and crazy, right? Like, whereas nowadays it's it's not because anybody, uh, parents are letting their kids play mature games whenever they're like eight years old now because they don't see it as like, but they wouldn't go take their kid to a rated R movie, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just that lack of understanding between the two concepts there. 
So these kids are becoming desensitized, and which means that it's just kind of a nothing thing anymore. It, it's it almost feels like there's nothing wrong with it, right? It, I'm not saying there's something wrong. It's kind of hard to like really put words, but I, I think you understand what I'm trying to say here, right? Like, I think it's just a different time, mm-hmm. you know. Like when you when you look at nowadays, parents are either too busy to want to have to argue against them to um, quote unquote busy yeah, yeah they you know they will excuse oh i'm i'm working all the time and then when i'm at home i just want to relax or i want to yeah i'm working on something else like you had a kid. they don't want to have to spend time Sorry. you know so they're yeah. like oh just go ahead or you know you probably have some parents out there that are like well it's their computer it's their thing they you know, they can do what they want Mm -hmm. as long as they don't spend my whole paycheck. Yeah. And, you know, like for me, I'm thinking, you know, when my kid grows up, like, yeah, I'll I'll watch what they're, what they're into, you know, like, I'm not going to be like super restrictive on them, but I'll be like telling them like, oh, you shouldn't play this. It's too gory right now. You know, you're too young or, you know, when they ask, be like, well, here's the reason why. Yeah. You know, actually have that conversation. I think that's really important. People don't do that anymore. I feel like I kind of grew up that way where I was like, if I couldn't play something, I would be told why and kind of go into detail about it. And it would be like, oh, okay. You know, and eventually I would find a way playing them anyway. But, it it's interesting really how the attitude where this whole marketing scheme really when you think about it right this the tude era and Mm -hmm. this extreme era it, it was all marketing things to really like brand the new counterculture when you think about it right like you look at the 90s and all the commercials were like whoa this is badass this is cool you know you're wearing your cool shades you're like you have your spiky hair you have your little your your dumb little outfit Mm -hmm. but like you know you look at sega commercials right they always had that attitude with them and it was just the new cool thing you know i'm not saying the 80s lacked an attitude you had what nintendo hair metal (laughs) with their yeah yeah nintendo (laughs) you know and it's like when you look at the 80s going to the 90s they have to do something different, right? Like, yeah, kids were into toys. They were into games and they were into movies, but the nineties had to ramp that up. And the, the rise in competition between companies and industries really fueled that attitude because what's the best way of being able to get one over on your competitor? Be a dick. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's what we see, at least in the gaming industry. I mean, well, you see it, that it everywhere, even every in, in political campaigns and things like that. Like a schmear campaign is norm. So like yeah. schmear advertisement, right? You basically just rub your opponents in the dirt and to make you seem like you are better. And like now you're the cool one because you're the bully, right? Like it's it's a weird mm-hmm. it's a weird time for sure. And. Over time, you know, once you were getting to the new millennium, a lot of that carried into frat culture and frat culture really like mixed in with that extreme mm-hmm. attitude. All of it was going in where what started out as like this attitude 
for children or teenagers, right? The ones playing games back then in the early 90s were now teenagers in the 2000s or older. So, of course, that attitude that they had in the early 90s carries over into the 2000s where you get that, like, you know, the kind of kind of person that's going to play outlaw baseball or freaking uh the man game right like Mm -hmm. the those kind of like extreme kind of games because that's just the attitude was brought up i don't know how that i ideology in that era kind of ended i feel like we don't really have that anymore at all uh I feel like nowadays, really, it just seems like people are just, with the ease of access of information with the internet, I feel like we don't really see that big grouping of attitudes or ideas really much anymore, unless like TikTok kind of guides it, Mm -hmm. since that app really rules everyone's kind of interests and ideas half the time but uh it's interesting when you look at nowadays the idea or expression that is being shown compared to that edgy attitude you you don't really see it anymore it it's either you have one side being like oh be nice to everybody be be respectful, be open-minded. And then you have another side of people that are like, nah, I do what I want. Yep. You know, I'm a big boy now, but, uh, it, it's interesting. And I'm not saying that kind of attitude hasn't always been around. It's just more so we have kind of evolved to this point. Cause I mean, what, what new can really come out, right? Like, what's the next big thing? Like, we already had our attitude spurt. Now we have our open-minded spurt. What's next? And that's what I'm curious about. Like, where we're going to go as a planet, right? Like, what what are ideas of what's cool, what's edgy is going to be in the next five years? Because it sure is hell different from when I was a kid. And it it's hard because I feel like everyone wants to be uh, their own individual self. And forming an identity in this day and age seems so different. And I feel like that's a topic for a different day, really, when you think about, like, how can someone find themselves, especially with all this information thrown at us mm-hmm. and with agendas in general or, you know, politics or beliefs just so readily available and so readily pushed by everybody. It's growing up in this day and age sounds a lot more tough than when I was a kid where you were either an attitude little prick or you were just a nerd or you were just, you know, your your typical little subgenres of people. But I don't know. It. I'm curious to see where we go from here on out, and what really constitute as pushing the limits. Because nowadays, pushing the limits just 
it's not that great. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation here. And what do you guys think? You think games have lost their edge or are they just as edgy and extreme as ever? Let us know. Find us on the socials and all that good stuff. But we will talk to you guys next week with some more games and all that. Whatever we find, crazy topics, all that good, you know, everything. What we do. And we do it every week. You already know. You already know. <laughs> but until then, <laughs> bye for now.